Welcome to the Ontario Outdoor Pursuit Podcast. This Ontario-generated podcast is here to talk outdoor living, fishing, and hunting. Give all kinds of geeky tech talks and hunting tips with things that have worked for us. We all have a story to tell, and here's ours. Welcome everyone to episode number one of Whitetail Wednesday 2020. Tonight with me I've joined a couple guests. First up, up to bat is Scott Ravenhunter13 on Instagram, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Scott, how is it going tonight? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Didn't get a chance to go hunting, but still checked out some food sources this evening. So, Well, you get a chance to podcast and that's just as good. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so <laughs> if I get to talk about deer, if I get to talk about deer, Sham, I'm a happy guy. So. There you go. I can I can appreciate that. So we were just talking briefly there. You've been out a few times this year, and you are going balls to the wall with the trad bow, right? Uh yeah, that's the that's the plan. Like I said, <laughs> if I see a real monster, there's a strong possibility I might grab my compound to level the playing field. But uh, I, I really prefer shooting my longbow. So. That's the goal this year. Yeah, it definitely uh, rises some challenges more so than compound and uh, crossbow does. I noticed uh, when you were out hunting the other day, you were just kind of perched up uh, in like a little bush area. Yeah, I was sitting, uh, actually, the first two sits of the year, I sat on the ground, um, which was, was a lot of fun. I had uh, had a couple smaller bucks go by, like the one came to sub 10 feet of me walking by me and I was a couple of my buddies gave me the gears for not dropping them, but oh my god, it's too early in the season to be shooting a a smaller one yet. Maybe maybe late November, December. If I'm looking at tag super again, that might happen, but not not October first. Yeah, um, I was uh, I was thinking of you the other day because I I kind of did the same thing. I sat out in a lawn chair. Uh, we can get to that shortly, but it was, uh, it was quite the rush and it was really cool. Kind of changed my perspective a little bit as if like, uh, you know, do we really need these tree stands or $500 blinds when you can sit there in the brush? If your scent game's on, I mean, I had deer walk by me at 10 feet and turkeys walk right up to me and with their eyesight, I mean, I, they didn't catch me for probably five, 10 minutes until they kind of maybe seen something they didn't like and they jumped up and they just kept walking around and feeding and what have you. So is that kind of your goal this season then to hunt that style? Yeah, actually I really, I really want to get the deer hunting from the ground, like with my, with my longbow. I think uh, I've missed a couple in the past years with my longbow from the ground. So I'm hoping this year to actually feel the deal. Um, I, I saw your video too of your setup, man. You know, all I could think of is I wouldn't even be sitting in the woods. I would have sat in the corn on the edge of the corn and let the deer come right to me. You know what? It totally crossed my mind. I was just, it was kind of um, like I was going out on a whim because like there's some, it, the folks next door were building some quad tracks for their kids. So, I mean, it's their property or their, their father's property and you can't really say too much, right? Like you're back there using someone's property and, I mean, everyone's got to kind of play nice, but I was, I was so down that like, it was, it was perfect conditions. Um, I'm, I'm seeing lots on camera at this specific property and I had really high hopes. So I was actually on my way out and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take a little stroll over here because there has been times where I've walked around that one corner and there's, there's deer feeding right in that grass there and just kind of hanging around playing out. And, uh, I said, you know, to hell with it. Like I'm going to go, go sit in that little bush there and uh, there was some lawn chairs, so I just I perched up with a lawn chair, and away we went. But 
yeah, like it didn't, didn't really click till, you know, I was sitting there and I was like, there's not a chance I'm going to see anything sitting here. And, you know, sure as shit there, there, they came along and it made for a great night. It was an awesome experience. Yeah. Some, like I said, sometimes you think it outside of the box, gets you the result you need, right? That's the, that's the kid on opening morning that gets put in the spot that no one wants to sit and he shoots the monster buckets because he's doing something different, right? So sometimes it's, that's the best way to be. Yeah, absolutely. So what, what are you seeing in where you're hunting? Like, tell us a bit about your setup. Like, uh, what kind of ag do you have around you? And, uh, like, are you on bush? Are you in swamp? Are you at mostly food? Uh, so the, the first place I, the first place I hunted this year was, uh, actually like tight in a bedding area. Like I went swinging for the fences, went deep into a bedding area opening morning. I was set up at like four o'clock in the morning <laughs> and like, just that way, I didn't bump any deer, and I was in the middle of the swamp, and and said, said saw a couple bucks coming through, um, and then saw some does, and that later on when I walked out around eleven. But uh, the other night, I set up. Um, I was really disappointed. The the corn, like the amount of corn that's taken down early this year, is blowing my mind. Um, I'm used to seeing standing corn until basically the beginning of November. I've been spoiled the last few years, and the one cornfield they. They've just totally combined, and I was kind of disappointed by that. But um, same breath puts the deer back in the bush, so I set up in the bush in between bed and food, and saw some cows, saw two does, and with a couple fawns with no bucks. Um, I'm trying. This place I hunt are all over the place. I, the one place I hunt is a big swamp. I hunt another one that's got lots of it's a river bottom with hardwoods. Um, so right, as of right now, I'm just setting up in between food and food and bed. And uh, the mass crop this year is crazy. So, like, right now I'm, I'm seeing, find the deer are starting to shift to more mass than they are going out in open open bean fields and uh, corn fields versus, like, two weeks ago, soybean fields were loaded with deer, right? Yeah, absolutely. And now, now I'm, not, I'm not seeing that. I think they're moving back. They're staying back more in the, in the cover feeding. Now, now the deer season started, you're going to be able to get a little more human activity around and it could come. You know, I don't believe in the lull. So the like science has proven that deer activity ramps up as November or as, excuse me as October begins. So uh, they're just they just shift their patterns, right? So right now, like I said, when I was talking to you a moment ago, where I was set up last night, I was expecting to see a big buck, and I had a doe and fawn walk right by me the wrong way. They shouldn't have been going the direction they were going, and I was kind of confused by that because historically they don't they move from the swamp. To the seed fields and these two were going back into the swamp so i'm not sure what was going on but you know there are no certainties when it comes to deer hunting yeah i was actually just reading something um on that october lull in uh the other night and one of the reasons that uh we all kind of see that is because we don't see the same behaviors that we're looking for at the beginning and at the end of deer season and that's so true because and and also relative to the fact that that lull there's less activity every time every year it's you know impeccable that everyone says we experience a lull therefore we don't go to the bush right we we stay home and we kind of wait till this lull is over and then what do you think happens when those deer aren't around as you mentioned there people you know they start to see more human interaction as the season kicks off well likewise with that lull right like we all kind of take that break well, they can kind of get back to their standard patterns, their real late summer patterns or early season where they're, you know, they're a little more confident to go out in those big fields. But, um, yeah, I've 
been a definitely changed my mindset on this October lull. Yeah, I, like I said, I'm I'm no biologist, but I'll pretend to be one on a podcast. And the <laughs> the, the, the I've already referred to it as the October swell because it literally the, the activity they start the bucks start moving a little further, a little further away from their bedding areas and get a little more like they're not. It, it's far from rut. When I see someone post on Facebook, like the Facebook rut, rut has already started. Apparently, I've seen a few. Oh, I saw a buck chasing a doe. I saw this. It's like, well, you're a month away, guys. <laughs> like it's not. We're not there yet. It's just starting. Um, it's starting to get exciting. I, I noticed last night I saw three different new field scrapes, and uh, I found four in the bush that have opened up. So that's just the beginning, right? That's uh, that's also my sign to move my trail cameras. So I gotta I gotta get on that. It, it's one of my favorite times of year. This is uh, I went out with Trev from Heathen Outdoors um, on last Saturday, my first and only outing this far, actually. And uh, we had bumped a bachelor group I had been watching all summer. There's a nice 10 in there, um, an 8, and then there's just a little, I think he's like a 5 or a 6 banger. Um, but they've been together for quite some time, and we bumped them right out of bed. They didn't really alarm or nothing. They just moseyed on down the field as we tried to work our way to the stand. And it, it's an awesome time. Every time this year, within the first week, I can almost say, and I was saying to Trev um, as we're walking in, this always happens they they just change up where they're laying down but at one point or another i'm always running into them it could be on my way out after i've packed up it could be on my way in but they stick together they're wrestling around they're they're sparring and it's it's not a sign of rut it's you know they're creating dominance within the pack and that eventually there will be some separation and that that's kind of how that goes but i think maybe some of those people that think the rut's going on need to uh chime into the biology podcast here yeah yeah maybe maybe i mean like i and i'm a fir- i'm a firm believer well science has proven that the rut doesn't the time of year the rut happens doesn't change it's the same the peak when i say rut i'm referring more to peak breeding not the exciting stuff the chasing and seeking phases but the peak breeding doesn't change it's pretty well the same time every year Based on the area you live, mind you, right? But it, it doesn't doesn't vary because of the moon. It doesn't vary because of the temperatures. It's it's the same time. The doe is always cycloindustrious. And in, in the areas I hunt, I've um, like yeah, I just I found I pretty well know the the time frame I'm looking for. That's also almost the worst time to hunt because the does and bucks are all locked up together and they're they're really hard to hunt then. But uh, yeah, I was I like the Facebook route. It's always entertaining to to watch and read some of the comments. <laughs> yeah, between that and the uh, the tag post, where's your tag on a photo, is just uh, never fails. Yeah, well, that, that, you don't have to worry about that anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So what are you looking for going into uh, your next hunt? Like, we're only into week two. Um, as I mentioned to you, we're going to be doing this every week. But what yeah. what are the, some of the signs you're going to start to see more of or that you, you're hoping to see more of? Because you talked a little bit about a change in pattern that you're not really used to, so... Yeah, I, I really, I'll be honest, I kind of want to, uh, I've, I've got a couple spots picked out just depending on what the wind's going to do. There are areas, they are like bedding areas I, I know of in past. And my time this year, I'm, I'm kind of busy with, I've got two kids, both in hockey and stuff. And my time is, is getting shorter and shorter. Seems like every year, the older they get, which is which is fine. It's, you know, that I, I love going out with them for that stuff. Um I'm really kind of swinging for the fences on most of my hunts. I try and set myself up for the best possible chance. 
So more than likely, I'm, I'm going to set up right, right beside a bedding area. I might even push right into it, uh, depending on when I can actually get out. I, I'm even going to go out some earlier mornings in October, which I haven't done in the past, just so I can get out more. I, w- I wish you the best of luck, certainly. Uh, the trout bow is going to be interesting. I'm going to be busting your chops all season long. If I start seeing you yeah. not shooting something, then for sure you're going to be getting it. Yeah, I know. Well, especially since I, I was I picked up an additional tag for another area I hunt, so I really <laughs> should should be shooting something like as opposed to passing stuff. It's just it's just hard, man. I'm one of those guys that I just I don't want my season over. I love going out so much. Like, if all of a sudden for some reason tomorrow, like you could not whitetail whitetail deer hunt, right? You could not bow hunt them, whatever. I would still go out and sit with a camera just because I love watching them. Oh, it's incredible. I think, you know, as much fun as we all have, whether, you know, people out there trying to get sponsorships and, you know, a lot of people are creating these awesome videos to share with everyone, their cool experiences. It's so much fun to sit behind a camera and really capture everything they do because when else can you get that close to something in the wild and just see what it does, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, I appreciate you, uh, you know, chatting with me, and we'll we'll so- certainly keep contact through uh, through the weeks here. Um, best of luck out there for sure. Be uh, be yeah, shooting sounds straight. Good. Sounds good. Thanks, Cam. All right, thanks, Scott. Well, that's it from our buddy Scott. And up next, we got. I'm gonna say the early season box slayer. Doesn't matter what you say, <laughs> but that's what we're going with. We got Billy from Vital Crave Outdoors. How's it going, buddy? I'm good, pal. How are you? Doing well. So, big success story for you the other night. What a stud. Dive right into it. Tell us all about it. Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess we can start uh, last year. I guess I started picking up trail cam pictures of them. Like, I think the first pictures I got were like maybe last week of October and right through into November. And, and, um, I mean, he was a nice deer. I figured he was a four-year-old, and I had, uh, like, multiple daylight pictures of him. Probably could have killed that deer last year, but um, I was, I kind of had my eyes on a little better deer and maybe a five-year-old, right? So I uh, I laid off him last year, and then uh, this year, like, I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't get on him last summer. Well, it's a new area I've started hunting in just the last couple years, so last year i didn't have any pictures of them throughout the summer and then this year um i got the uh, buck on coal mineral station in there and uh started picking them up immediately early in velvet and uh all through the summer then uh once he turned hard horn he, he just i don't know like i i wasn't getting them regularly but enough to know that he was in there right yeah and um so anyways i just I just got back from a, a successful moose hunt. Uh, my buddy Johnny there, he killed a nice moose. And then uh, I was in the tree as soon as I got back, seen two does and two fawns the first night out. And then second sip, I got off work a little early. I'm like, I got to I gotta get in there. So I dove into uh, where I thought he was bedding with my hanging hunt, got set up. I kind of was fumbling around. I, I got in there. It's a real thick swamp. And... Uh, I kind of got a little out of direction when I was going in, so I, uh, I headed in straight, heading straight west, and uh, I ended up a little further south than I wanted to be, so I had to go straight north about 80 yards. So he come in, I heard, like, sitting on my phone, 
<laughs> Classic. Just, you know, you don't think it's going to happen until it does. That's when they come by though, right? Like I always, I've got this new theory now that I'm just, I'm, if I sit on my phone, I know a deer's coming out hands down. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You might as well just be on your phone the whole time. They'll catch you (laughs) off guard every time. Yeah. So anyways, uh, he's, uh, I hear the stick break, right? I, I put my head up and I see antlers and there's another three-year-old eight coin in there. I thought it maybe could have been him. I didn't really get a good look at him and, but I could tell he was kind of angling towards me real thick, just like in a bedding area right <clears throat> or between two really good bedding areas and maybe like some intermediate bedding in between kind of and uh so he starts angling towards me and i get a good eyeball on him i'm like yep that's a five-year-old tall brow eight that's a shooter and uh had my camera arm in the tree got stood up got my bow in my hand get the camera arm kind of pointing in the right direction press record go through the motions like i practice this stuff all the time right like i when I get up into a tree, if I'm not on my phone, I'll uh, I'll kind of run through scenarios, you know, to kind of prepare myself in case it does happen, right? Yeah. So he's angling towards me, and pretty well he just comes right into 20 yards. He kind of hit my because I come in straight from my straight from the south, right? And he stopped almost to my boot trail. I think he was getting close to it. He didn't get nervous or nothing. I was pretty scent free, but yeah, stopped at 20 yards and double lung and off he went got it on film finally after uh probably five years now filming to try and get a, a big buck on camera yeah <clears throat> but uh yeah he went off and died just out of view but i heard him go down and, and that was a wrap didn't go 20 <laughs> didn't go 20 love it man that is freaking <laughs> awesome i love an early story success story like that like it's a great deer oh. if, if you haven't checked him out yet uh you got to go to vital crave outdoors on instagram facebook check that out it's it's a sweet deer like how big did you say those brows were <laughs> well, i appreciate that pal yeah uh i think they're like one was a little bigger like just over seven inches and then the other one's bang on seven yeah, that's so like a, a good, a good respectable five-year-old Ontario buck. You know, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. anyways. I know a lot of people kill a lot bigger bucks, but I like one forty-five-year-olds. I'll kill them all day if I can. So we we kind of talked a bit before, Billy. Um, like obviously you got high hopes going in there, as do we all. But yeah. is is there really like what was the tall tale sign that you knew you were in the right spot at the right time, like? How did you know to get right into where you kind of pinched him off from? So, obviously, uh, like, it's a newer bush. Like, I haven't been hunting there. Without trying to give too much away, I'll say it's, like, probably, like, a 1,000-acre swamp, right? Yeah. And uh, running cell cameras just on the fringes. And, uh, obviously, I figured he had to be bedding somewhere. I've, I've walked through it. I've shed hunted it. Kind of established where I thought the bedding was, right? <clears throat> And, uh, so like he could be bedded, bedded anywhere. It's like, there's probably 400 acres of bedding in there, right? Like he yeah. could be anywhere in there, but there was a co- couple other good bucks in there too. Right. So he wasn't the only one I was in there after he was the top one I wanted to get. Cause he was a five-year-old and I thought the other two were maybe four, but, uh, maybe even a little better racks, but I think he was definitely the dominant buck on the mineral station anyway. So, I don't know, I just, I kind of went in on a whim, kind of 
you know, hoping to get lucky a little bit and uh, went in just probably a 400-yard hike in, four or 500 yards maybe, and just got into the middle of where I thought he could be bedded. And uh, it turned out that that's where he was. I think I got probably probably got set up within 100 yards of, of his bed. You know, and that's just hunting a, a swamp that big. That's just kind of by chance that I got in there and got lucky. But, you know, I guess you got to work hard a little bit to get lucky, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, no, it, was, it was pretty cool. Pretty cool experience, I'll tell you that, man. It was awesome. So for someone, um, like obviously you're, you're saying it's kind of swampy area. How could you, what would be your best way to describe if someone wanted to hunt a swampy area? Because immediately what I think of right away is, you're in like some skunk weed, some thick, uh, may- maybe moss, deep, thick mud, um, some slurry. And how could you get in there appropriately and, you know, not make too much of a racket? What, what, what kind of tips could you give to someone? So in this situation, um, there was a, it's like an old dried up creek bed. There wasn't even any water in it, but like the leaf, like you could tell it flooded and it drains, you know, in spring runoff, right? So in this situation, I was able to kind of walk up that and minimize my noise a little bit, right? Obviously, you want to be walking into the wind. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's it's hard to walk into the middle of a bedding area without pumping deer, right? So I just, you just move slow, I guess, and, you know, keep your head up. Make sure, you know, if you're bumping one off, like, try not to do it too aggressively, I guess. I don't know, like. I'm pretty new to the uh, the big swamp hunting. I've been, you know, for years I've been, uh, you know, hunting a lot of, of field edges, you know, little streamlined bushes and stuff. Like, yeah. the big swamps are definitely new to me, so. Well, it's it yeah. seemed to fan out so far, and hopefully that can continue for you. What are you going to kind of look for as uh, we kind of get into this second week with a little warmer temps? Well, I think I'm going to take a little bit of... Uh, well, I got to go back to work. I'll probably, you know, I'd, I'd like to say I'd get right back out in the woods, but I'm probably going to take a little bit of time off and, uh, you know, just keep checking cameras. And I'd like to get my brother on a deer because um, he hasn't been able to kill a big one yet. So I'd like to get him one. Um, but I probably am not going to do a ton of hunting until uh, later October now. I wouldn't think just kind of running trail cameras and, you know, it might even just, go out scouting and you know figure out my next move i got like pretty well like i've got two tags left but i've really only got one buck that i want to kill and i've got enough meat now so yeah it'll probably just be trying to figure out where he's at and uh i don't know maybe pattern a little bit i don't know we'll see but uh yeah one is try to get my brother a buck and i'll probably just do some filming for uh you know a couple other guys on the team and shit yeah no, that's awesome. If you if you aren't able to fill that tag, would you are you taking a doe or are you gonna make sure it gets filled? Uh I'll take a doe later in the season, yeah. But uh yeah, I'm not too uh I'm not like I said, I got enough meat, so Yeah. Um yeah. Plus we got a moose, so we we'll divvy that up, probably get, I don't know, sixty pounds of moose meat or something like that. Yeah, congrats on that too. That was a great bull and looked like a great yeah. northern Ontario hunt, no doubt. Yeah, it was pretty exciting. I finally, well, I've only been moose hunting three seasons now, but I finally had uh, my first moose encounter as well. Um, I was up on a big knob, and and uh, 
overlooking three lakes, and I called the bull down to the edge of the one lake. I never did lay eyes on him, but he come up the edge of the lake all the way in, just grunting and barking, and it was dead calm. There was snow up there in, in September. Yeah, standard. <laughs> so, uh, it was pretty cool, and then he got a little, I don't know, I, I'm a rookie moose hunter, so I don't know what turned him away, but he ended up turning away and going back up towards where he come from. That's hunting. They don't call it killing, right? Yeah, that's for sure, man. Well, um, that is an unreal success story, man. I was dying to hear that myself, and I know everyone else is going to appreciate that as much as I did. So thanks for joining in. Um, you know, that is an awesome buck. Send me some more photos of that. I'll be sharing that. <laughs> yeah, I will else for can, sure. Yeah, can, uh, uh, yeah I know. I got, a lot of, I got a lot of good feedback and a lot of support. I think, well, it's been the last good buck I killed was back in 2015 so i've been working pretty hard i've had some opportunities to kill one that i botched up and finally uh finally got her done <laughs> so i think everybody was kind of rooting for me a little bit absolutely man we're all in, all in it for the same reason yep absolutely pal right on well i appreciate you ch- joining in and uh we'll certainly keep in touch as the season goes on okay thanks a lot billy good luck to you as well eh? appreciate it thanks If you're looking to share your success stories or your unsuccessful hunting stories, your tips, your tricks, all throughout the whitetail season, please send me a DM via Instagram or Facebook, Ontario Outdoor Pursuit. You can also check out the webpage www.ontariooutdoorpursuit.com and you can send me an email. Don't forget to check out our new swag there, awesome camp hoodies, tees, three quarters, support the brand, get the podcast out there, let's all share. And we will see you guys next week for episode number two of Whitetail Wednesday. Mm-hmm.